Welcome to In Focus, a discussion of current issues affecting our economy, featuring a review of the latest research and analysis from the Washington Research Council. Hi, this is Mary Strau with the Washington Research Council. I'm joined today by my colleagues Emily Makings and Chris Showbloom. Um, we're going to be covering a variety of topics today, starting with Emily, who has some various bits of news on minimum wage and other wage-related items. Yes, the International Franchise Association has been fighting the Seattle minimum wage law in the courts since since it um, was passed. Pretty much, mm-hmm. they. The minimum wage law in Seattle treats franchises as if they were their franchisors. So a a local owner of a McDonald's franchise is treated for the purposes of Seattle's minimum wage law as if he were a McDonald's corporation. Mm -hmm. So he he would have to um, increase the minimum wage for his employees at a faster rate than similar small businesses that are not franchises. Right. So the International Franchise Association has said that this is discriminatory towards um, franchises and has fought it in the courts. Last fall, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals said that there wasn't enough proof that the city wanted to discriminate against franchises, so there were, they didn't um, rule in the franchise's favor. And so now they've decided to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court I don't know how likely it is that the Supreme Court will take the case mm-hmm. or how they would rule. And I mean, I I think I remember correctly that the Ninth Circuit is the most overturned of the circuits. So take that for what yeah. you will, but yeah. who knows. Um, but I mean, this could all be moot if the legislature um, acts on any of several bills that have been introduced this session so far. Um, there are several that would actually preempt local um, localities from regulating wage wages and um, several of them would actually preempt them retrospectively retroactively mm, interesting um, but it's, I mean that's really unlikely to pass yeah that's good luck and, with that uh, one of the, in fact one of the sponsors Senator Baumgartner um, told the Spokane uh, spokesman review that um, the likely result is that they would be grandfathered in mm. if any of these preemption bills were to pass. Were to pass, yeah. So All right. we'll we'll see what happens, but it's not a dead issue for sure. No. I, I remember during the the debate over this policy in Seattle and um, the infamous uh, council member Shama Sawant what, uh, said something to the effect that, well, we all know the franchise owners are really rich, which showed a pretty bad understanding of how franchises work. Because I, w- I mean, um, I'm sh- maybe some of them are rich, but a lot of them are not. They're just sort of regular small business owners. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's a, a wide range of uh, franchises. So, you know, it's not all McDonald's. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of these are actually even the even the little bit the business itself is very small. Oh yeah, you could be some poor schmuck, not that you're a schmuck because you're a dairy queen, but just a regular guy, regular woman who owns a, you know, dairy queen franchise and all of a sudden you're being treated like you're, you know, Mr. Moneybags. Mm-hmm. So. Or a house cleaning franchise? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, any fr- yeah, doesn't have to just be fast food. All right. Good. Well, thank you, Emily. 
Um, I'm going to talk today about everyone's favorite topic, uh, McCleary. We've got um, a piece of legislation that just passed the state house. Um, it is the plan bill. So this is the bill that sets up a legislative task force um, to look at all the various aspects of McCleary, you know, teacher compensation, um, health benefits, every, the kitchen sink. I'll put a list of them in the, the blog post. Um, also, importantly, it allocates um, a total of $500,000 to have the Washington State Institute for Public Policy, which is a state organization um, that does research, nonpartisan research and whatnot, to look at all the school districts in the state and figure out how much exactly they are spending on basic education. Because right now, as we all know, uh, there's an estimate of somewhere around $3.5 billion, give or take a few points. Um, but nobody knows exactly. Um, so it's pretty important to get that exact amount. Now, there's been, as we've spoken before, there's been some pushback. Oh, you're just punting and you're kicking the can down the road. Uh, but it seems that um, in order for them to get this right, that they should have an exact amount, not a, not guesswork. And then also, if anyone listened to our, our podcast, our Policy Today podcast earlier this week, where we talked with uh, State Representative Dan Christensen, who's the Republican leader in the House, he said, which I thought was fascinating, this is the first time I'd heard this, that some members of the task force did some digging around in the numbers in terms of that, you know, the total 3.5 billion number. And they found instances, he said, where the numbers had been wildly overestimated. Sometimes, well, sometimes by a little, sometimes by a lot. So it's conceivable that we could be talking about significantly less than $3.5 billion, which, as Representative Christensen pointed out, is a difference between working within existing funds and having to go out and find new revenues. So that to me was pretty fascinating. And, and, and like I said, I hadn't heard it before. Um, so anyway, this bill passed the House. Uh, it's heading, there's a companion bill in the Senate. From what I understand in press reports, um, the Senate Republicans are saying mm, there are parts of it they don't agree with, possibly around the 2017 deadline um, that the the new edu legislative education task force has to report to the legislature by January something 2017. Um, so that may be a sticking point. Of course, there's a, you know, as again, as we've said before, there's a certain contingent in the Senate, among the Senate Republicans mainly, who are not the least bit concerned about placating the court or lifting the contempt order or doing anything that would um, be seen to be merely for the purposes of of um, satisfying the court because um, they're pretty upset with the court's rulings. Not that they're not interested in, you know, f fully funding education. Um, so who knows? But uh, the uh, Senate Education Committee chairman, Steve Litzo, did say that he expected action on this either later this week or, or next week. So it sounds like 
they'll pass something similar to what the House passed, and of course they'll have to hash out the differences. And part of the objection to the the deadline, I think I think I've read this somewhere, is that they are worried about binding future legislation. Oh yes, right. So right. It's not just. It's not that they're they don't want to do anything. No, I mean if there's a legitimate question about whether oh, or not you can bind another legislature. Right. In fact, during the House debate, there were I believe 34 nays on the House bill. Some Republicans did support it. Um, most Republicans opposed it, and that was a big point of opposition. Saying, "We look, you can't. Number one, you can't bind future legislatures." Um, and the the opinion was expressed otherwise. If it weren't for this aspect of the bill, would you know would probably vote for it. Um, and then another point was uh, concern that if you put something in the statute, then the Supreme Court would grab onto that um, and make that part of their their ruling, the next, the next ruling exactly. Um, so yeah, there are there are definitely legitimate concerns um, about, as you say, about binding future legislatures. So again. It's just an ongoing saga. Of, <laughs> yes. Well, I'm sure we'll be covering this every week uh, for the rest of the legislative session. However, and beyond. Oh, yeah, definitely, and beyond. Okay, Chris, and you have a interesting topic, yes, knee uh, and hip, hip replacement surgeries. Yes, yes. yes. I, I came across some data, interesting data. Um, comes from a, a pair of data briefs prepared by... Um, um, the National Center for Health Statistics, um, which is within the Centers for De- De- uh, Disease Control and Prevention over at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Mm. Um, these two briefs uh, report on uh, hip total hip replacement and uh, total knee replacements uh, between the years 2000 and 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me throw out a couple of just some of the statistics from this. So okay. In 2010, um, there were uh, 310,800 total hip replacements uh, among patients over the age of 65, uh, 45, excuse me. Um, and um, and uh, there were 693,400 total knee replacements in 2010. Mm. Uh, and total knee replacement was, uh, was the most frequent um, uh, procedure, inpatient, inpatient procedure in 2010. The most, the most frequent. frequent. Yes. Isn't that something? Yeah. Um, and, and the, the couple of, the, and, and let, me, let me give a few more statistics and then talk about why I think this is, this okay. is important and fascinating. Um, the rates have been going up mm-hmm. um, when they look at calculated in terms of the number of procedures uh, relative to population. Um, and uh, um, um, for uh, individuals aged 45 and over, um, Ouch! That's the, I, I'm 45. Yes, <laughs> um, the 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 uh, the the rate um, increased from 142 per hundred thousand population uh, to 257. Wow! So the the rates of doing these are going up, um, and that the the percentage of hip hip 
replacements um, 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 were were increasing uh, for younger. Uh, the percentage percentage of these that were given to younger individuals increased, while the percentage going to older individuals goes down. So that hmm. they, these are are uh, more uh, sort of younger and younger people. Um, so that was that was for the hips, mm-hmm. um, and then for the, um, um, and I, we'll just leave that there. And also, the same thing was happening with uh, with the knee replacements. Mm-hmm. With it, then uh, the most most dramatic increase was among the youngest cohort that they looked at. Uh, now, why is this important, or why do we think about it? Well, you know, for one of the th- um, there are a couple of things that that come through on this thing. First is this is one of the reasons that our healthcare expenditures on healthcare are going up is because of these um, uh, newer procedures and the extension of these procedures to people who simply hadn't been receiving them in the in the past. We're right. doing a, a larger volume of of care to people. Um, that's the first thing. the The second thing is that is that um, these new these procedures we're doing, uh, increasing amount, uh, are valuable to people. You know, there's a demand for this stuff. Out oh, absolutely! There. Make a dramatic uh, difference. In it your makes a dramatic life. difference in between, the like of life. being able to walk and not being yes. able to walk. And it's sort of a, it's a nice, it's a good thing that the uh, that that you know paying for them is not such a good thing. But but yeah. actually, people getting these service increasing services is a good good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 these the 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 effect of these services don't necessarily show up in some of the simple statistics we use to 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 measure the uh, the output of the healthcare sector. I mean, mm. you know, Bernie Sanders the other day, you could hear one of the debates. He was talking about how much more expense, how much more we spend for healthcare uh, in the U.S. as opposed to in some European countries. Right, and and says, and there's no difference in death rates. You know, is this that, is something we're spending money on that doesn't affect death rates. It's things we're spending on, spending money on that improve quality of life. Absolutely. Um, and I think going forward, I, it, and I think this improvements in quality of life is where a great deal of the action on mm-hmm. uh, in healthcare, uh, increasing share of the action in healthcare is coming. Uh, it, it's just remarkable, you know, sort of. Um, um, uh, you know, I, I hang out with a bunch of, of elderly athletes and <laughs> seasoned you know, citizens, and you know, it's people who are who are who are engaged in athletic competitions into their seventies. Wow! In uh, doing things, you know, which which previous generations didn't do, right? And they're able to do it because of uh, of advances in healthcare that mm-hmm. allow their bodies to keep functioning. And then they're probably staying healthier, and. Uh, Preventing themselves from availing themselves of other, other more expensive uh, medical treatments. Yeah. Well, that was some of my friends were saying when I was saying, you know, we're spending all this money on this, this, and it really isn't, you know, isn't prolonging life. It's just, you know, sort of so you can trick yourself into thinking. <laughs> and, and, and he shot back, but with exactly your argument. Well, look at all this activity. It's, it's, it's also keeping us alive longer. So it really does, if that's all you care about, this does have benefits. Yeah, and, you would. know, they're not getting overweight and getting diabetes and yeah, heart it, disease and all that stuff. One of, during, in the email group among this group, there was, uh, an email went out uh, in September was uh, asking broadly, does anybody know a good knee surgeon? Mm. 
and and one of my friends emailed back and he did have one and sent it along and and then mentioned that he had had four knee replacements. Holy moly. <laughs> um Two on each side? No, three. Or on does he have three, four legs? No, one on his left and, and three on the right side. Wow, did they just and not he, take the first two times? And then and he says, and he, he finally, after the third one on the right knee, he kind of he had to accept the fact that he had to get, that he was going to give up rowing. Actually, oh. he would give up running. Oh, running, okay. Yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, now he rows. Oh, now he rows, Okay. Well, that's not too bad. He's yeah. still getting a good workout. He's yeah, still getting a good workout. Mm-hmm. It's, less, it's less wear and tear on the knee. Yeah. Interesting. So to back to the point that um, our favorite socialist, Bernie Sanders, made about, okay, we don't have any different death rate, but is there a measure? Do we have well, any measures know, for really like overall health? No, or? And, and, and I think that, and this is coming back to the second part that, that I have. Um, our... Um, uh, National income and product accounts, mm-hmm. you know, where, where we're measuring GDP, uh, you know, the, the, what, what the economy is doing, doesn't do a very good job of capturing um, improvements in the quality of services, healthcare services mm. we're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and I, I, I think, you know, as, as the society becomes wealthier, I think what we are doing is spending more money on health care and on things like these knee replacements, hip replacements that are greatly improving quality of life. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and are a tremendous benefit. Mm-hmm. But, the, but, the, but the, the measures we have of economic growth don't really capture those benefits very well. So a lot of uh, people, you know, the, the talk about how, you know, productivity growth is slowing down and and the upcoming generation will not enjoy the kind of improvement of standard of living mm-hmm. of the uh, over the current generation mm-hmm. as the current generation uh, experienced over their parents. Right. Um, it just doesn't. I think those those arguments just don't take into account all of the improvements that are coming in the health uh, in the health sector. Um, and and the benefits that that uh, we're enjoying in that compared to our parents and that our children will enjoy compared to us. Oh sure, and it's a similar story more broadly to outside of the health sector yes. because I mean now we have you know we have tablets and fancy phones that do all sorts of things that oh, the yeah. previous yes. generation didn't have at all, yeah. and there was nothing. There's nothing really to compare them to. Yeah, so yeah. but, but I, think, I think the thing about healthcare is that. There are people who will poo-poo the benefits that are coming from the tablets. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I agree with you on the value yeah. there. Uh, but it's a lot harder to poo-poo the, the benefits that are really coming out yeah. of healthcare. Absolutely. My mom's had yeah. two knee replacements and a hip replacement, and I doubt she'd be walking yeah. right now if she hadn't had those. And 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 the other thing to, on healthcare is that um, our health, our um, um, governmental health care programs uh, mean that uh, this these improvements are broadly shared across the population. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, you know, and um, it's a great deal. The, uh, a large portion of the redistribution we do is through the health care system. Uh, yeah, and, and this is often not picked up well in even the uh, 
the 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 figures that look at uh, distribution of income because hmm. uh, it doesn't pick up the the distribution of income that takes place through Medicare or Medicaid, right? Uh, hmm. And won't take up won't necessarily pick up the, the the distribution that takes place through the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. All right. Well, that's definitely food for thought. Thanks for bringing that up, Chris. And thanks, Emily. And uh, thanks to our listeners. We'll talk to you next time. In Focus is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. Your tax-deductible investment allows our work to continue. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.